This is The Nun Report. I'm Dan Nunn. This is where we talk truth, freedom, and weirdness on a mostly daily basis. Today is Monday, December 19th, and Mondays are always uh, so loaded. There's just a lot going on that happens over the weekend, so we have to catch up on things. We're going to do a little bit of a, a, a grab bag of, of things today because there are a lot of things worth talking about, not some, you know, uh, more important than others, obviously, but no one topic that I think really grabbed me to take the whole day. And we have four days this week, taking Friday off, and, and I'll be back after the first of the year, unless something really big breaks between Christmas and New Year's. I'm going to take some time off, but there will be shows up. I'll be putting up uh, maybe some best of, so make a bunch of clips, put some clips up, and maybe rerun some episodes that are still relevant uh, on the border or abortion or uh, censorship, things like that that are kind of seem to be timeless things nowadays. Well, they did it. And if there's anybody out there who did not think that they were going to refer charges, that they will indict Trump and that they will charge him and arrest him publicly and do a perp walk, you just haven't been paying attention to this Biden regime. And it's going to happen. And I've been saying it for for months. I mean, I knew that this was going to happen. And then particularly after the election, because they have the new House coming in, and they couldn't let the J6 committee continue into the new Republican-run House because they would have just squashed it. They also needed to get the referrals for uh, criminal charges out before the new Congress took control as well because they could have just rescinded them. So they rushed to get them out. They're now uh, with the Department of Justice. And, of course, they're doing a big party dance over there. And they are – I mean, this should not be – again – if anybody is surprised by this and wasn't expecting this, then you just simply haven't been paying attention. This was the goal all along. They don't need to convict him. And I've been saying that all along too, but they will charge him. They will indict him and they will arrest him and they'll make sure they do it publicly. They're going to put him in handcuffs. They're going to do a perp walk. This is, this is banana Republic third world stuff. This is where you take your political opponents and you don't want to see them again and you make them go away. You put them in jail. Charge warrant obstruction of an official proceeding. Charge two, conspiracy to defraud the United States. Charge three, conspiracy to make a false statement. And charge four, incite, insist, or aid a comfort and insurrection. And that's the one that they really want to get because if they get that one, then uh, he can never run for office again. And of course, that's their goal um, and has been their goal. And why don't they want him to run for office again? Why are they so worried about that? They they say, oh, because, you know, he's, he's an insurrectionist and we, you know, that's a, he can't run for office. Now, here's the real reason they don't want him running for office again. Let's just take a look at this real quick. New poll that came out by McLaughlin and Associates. They're a good polling firm. Pretty large sample data here. This was in November of 2022. Who's better positioned to beat Joe Biden in 2024 election for president? Donald Trump, or would you prefer someone else? 59% said Trump, 36% someone else. And then one more question that was asked, same poll. If Donald Trump ran for president again in 2024, would you support or oppose him for the Republican nomination? 77% support, 55% strongly support. So those are really telling numbers. As long as he doesn't totally screw up, he will be the nominee. And as long as they don't put him in jail. But uh, again, I don't think that they're actually going to get a conviction. I don't think that's the point. But if they can wrap this up in court for the next two years, and totally blow his campaign and keep this as a dark cloud over him the entire time, it may force him to eventually withdraw, and it could affect the primary for sure, depending on who else runs against him. No matter what, I think we're in good shape. I think there are several good candidates, whether it's uh, DeSantis or Ted Cruz, or, or there's, a, there's a few others that will be running as well. 
And so I think we're in pretty good shape. Twitter files are dropping still. And I'm going to cover that because it's become obvious now that the FBI was colluding with Twitter and not just Twitter, but they're also colluding with YouTube and Google and Facebook to squash conservative voices and things that they don't agree with. This is not just hyperbole. This is factual. They were meeting on a weekly basis. Elvis Chan was meeting on a weekly basis with executives from Twitter and also communicating on a regular basis with a direct channel to Twitter requesting that uh, certain accounts get taken down, certain tweets get taken down. And it even got to the point, it got so bad that even their safety director, Ewell Roth, started to question it. But uh, Twitter Files Part 7 goes into the laptop. Now, look at Part 6. It's on Matt Taibbi's uh, Twitter. It's long. It's a lot of information. I can't cover it all here. I would just be reading for the next hour. And nobody wants that, especially me. So just go check it out yourself. It, it's really interesting stuff. And it's it just tells a story. And it's obvious that the FBI was uh, trying to influence and control a private company for political gain. Twitter files part seven, the FBI and the Hunter Biden laptop. Michael Schellenberger got part seven and because uh, Elon spread it around a little bit. How the FBI and intelligence community discredited factual information about the Hunter Biden's foreign business dealings, both after and before the New York Post revealed in 2020. And because he made tens of millions of dollars. Again, this was disclosed in financial disclosures. This is not under question. All you liberals out there, all you deniers, you truth deniers, and call us election deniers, I'll call you truth deniers. This is this was disclosed in a public disclosure. Hunter did get tens of millions of dollars from foreign entities when his dad was vice president and after, okay? So then the real issue is, were those payments... Were they, for, were they for doing nothing? Were they simply for influencing and having access to his father, Joe Biden? And that's the part that I'd like to see. I'd like to see a committee on that. I'd like to see some indictments come down on that. You think we will? We might see it investigated in the new house, but I don't think you'll ever see any charges. They might trump them up, huh, some weapons charges or something like that. But here's something to keep in mind. This laptop was dropped off in repair shop. There's a signed receipt. Okay. This was in 2019. And they knew it was real. That's Hunter Biden's signature right there. His address, you can't read it. It's kind of, but I can blow this up. I should have blown it up a little more. This is the receipt that he got when he dropped off his laptop with a quote for fixing it at the repair shop. Now, this is where you really need to put on your critical thinking cap. I know that's hard for you for you liberals and communists out there. But please, if you're anywhere near being a rational human being and can consider facts and then draw conclusions from those facts, then please take a look at this. The FBI issued a, a subpoena to, to get the laptop December 9th of 2019. And... By the 17th, they had it in their possession. Again, these are filed documents. This is true. Why is this important? Well, think about this. The FBI had this laptop for nearly a year before the Post story broke. What were they doing with it this entire time? It had all this information that they've now 
<laughs> they've now come out and said it's true. Everybody's authenticated it. It's true. The things did happen. The things on that laptop. And we're not talking about nude pics. I could give one flying leap about Hunter's junk. So you can take that and stuff it too, commies. They like to throw that one out. I don't care less. It's all the other stuff that's in there. The, the money, the, the influence peddling. 10% for the big guy, which we know now is Biden because Bob Alinsky has said so. He was part of the deal. He was there. And um, how come the FBI wasn't interviewing him? They still have yet to interview him. They never have once interviewed him, even though he was a direct connection. I don't even know if they've talked with any of the Bidens about it. But the point is, they had this laptop for nearly a year. And then they started meeting with Facebook and Twitter in 2019, at the end of the year, 2020, the campaign year, in September through October, and they told them to expect Russian disinformation and that it was probably going to be against Hunter Biden and that it was going to drop in late October. How did they know this? And, and this is in the Twitter files. This, is, this was in a sworn statement by Yul Roth, the safety director of Twitter. How did they know this? How did the FBI know this? Because they were listening to Rudy Giuliani's phone conversations. They had his phone tapped because they were investigating him. They were reading messages on his Apple Airphone too. So any air account, any communication that he was communicating about this laptop, they knew he had it. They knew that they were going to ex expose it. The FBI had the laptop for nearly a year. They knew it was real, but they also knew that it would impact the election if it got out. They knew that Trump would win. If it got out, it was so damning that, I mean, 67% say that they, they, it would have changed the outcome of the election and a large percentage say they would have changed their vote or not voted at all enough that Trump would have won in a landslide, regardless of how much cheating went on. So it was a rigged election, whether it was rigged after the fact or before the fact is irrelevant. It was banana Republic type junk that went on. The FBI communicated, they, they wanted questions. This was in uh, June of 2020, work group meetings on election security. This is when it all started. They wanted answers to these questions. In what way and by what measures do you see official propaganda actors less active than others? Because Twitter said, we don't see a lot of activity on misinformation and we don't see a lot of foreign activity. I, I think we've pretty much taken care of all the bots. The FBI said, well, here, we have these questions. Again, go read the Twitter files. This is on Matt Taibbi's. Uh, Twitter account and his page. And it goes through these questions. Well, what, what relative weight do you give each metric when judging volume of activity? What quantitative metrics do you use to judge volume of activity on your platform? On what scale can you provide these metrics? They're asking a private company all this information. How do you figure out there's not as much information as there used to be? Because they really wanted there to be misinformation. Because they knew that the Russia bomb was, or the, uh, not the Russia bomb, they, they, they created the Russian bomb. They knew the Hunter Biden laptop was coming down. They knew that this could affect the election and they wanted to make sure that the social media platforms were going to censor it. So they really geared them up. Hey, there's Russian disinformation coming. It's going to be about Hunter. It's going to come in October. Be ready to wipe this. And uh, so this is, this is uh, from Ewell to his team. He said, the questions we received are attached. I'm frankly perplexed by the request here, which seem more like something we'd get from a congressional committee than the Bureau. There's a big discussion to be had about state-controlled media, which will be impacted by the liberal or by the label launch later this month. 
but I'm not particularly comfortable with the Bureau and extension of the IC demanding written answers here. What's your perspective on how best to navigate? So even Yule Roth was, was questioning. Now, he's no good actor in this. He participated in a lot of the censorship. But it got to the point where even he was questioning it. What is the FBI asking these things for? Do we want to stay controlled media? Do we want to be part of this? And so when even the bad guy is questioning this, that's how much pressure the FBI was putting on him. The response to this, another follow-up, uh, they, they read the doc, and again, go, go and look at this, but the rep- recommendation from Yule was, my recommendation is get on the phone with Elvis, that's Elvis Chan with the FBI that they met with in San Francisco every week. ASAP and try to straighten this out. I'm concerned that there's a swirl somewhere in the ISC about a statement that may have been fundamentally misunderstood. Would you be okay with me reaching out to Elvis today to try to do that in advance of more formally engaging with the doc they sent? They didn't want to answer these questions in writing. And because that creates a paper trail, right? So they very much wanted to do it in, in, a, in a conversation, something that is, is harder to document but they didn't want to put their name on it. So that's that's it. Go check out the, the Twitter files. The FBI, they're dirty. They need to be dismantled. They need to go away. It's unfixable. It can't be fixed. They'll never be trusted again by at least half this country. And you can't have the largest law enforcement agency in the country where half the country doesn't trust it. If all they're going to do is the political whims of the left and go after political opponents, that's not no longer a law enforcement agency. It's a propaganda and intelligence agency. So Elon put out a speak while we're on Twitter. Let's take a quick look before we move on. We're also going to talk the border today because title 42 is expiring on Wednesday. So we're going to get there and we're also going to take a look at uh, maybe time for one more thing. I want to touch on the, the trans thing one more time because man, I'm just getting, I'm getting so much feedback on that. Most of it's good. Uh, but the whack jobs are coming out of the, coming out of the woodwork, man. It's something else. I've showed you some of the some of the hate mail I've been getting. And um, I haven't showed you some of the worst of it because it's not appropriate to put here even for me. Anyway, Elon, Elon Musk put out a, a poll. He said, should I step down as head of Twitter? I will abide by the results of this poll. And 57% to 43% was the final. Only 43% no. So 57% of people on that poll, and I'm sure a large portion of them were liberal bots, but 57% said, yes, you need to step down. They don't want him to run Twitter. He followed that up with this one. As the saying goes, be careful what you wish as you might get it. Now, he also said he, he doesn't, there's no one qualified to successfully run Twitter or successfully be the CEO that he has in mind. I'm not so sure about that. I don't think Elon Musk does very many things without careful calculation. I don't think he's just willy-nilly, and I certainly don't think he's making decisions on a $44 billion company based on a poll. I think he knows, this is my opinion, and that's what I give here, I think he knows who's going to be his successor, or or he may not know the exact person, but he knows he's not going to remain a CEO. He knows that he is going to step down, that this is not something he's going to do long-term. He's going to get the company on its feet. He's going to find somebody that's qualified to keep Twitter successful and going in the right direction. And then he's going to step down. So he, he'll go through, I'm sure. He will uh, step down as CEO. He never said when. 
But uh, make no mistake, he's not making decisions on a $44 billion company by by putting a poll out to a bunch of uh, bots and, and liberal activist groups. He's, he's just not. Um, anybody who thinks that, you're, I mean, you're not thinking, right? So we know that uh, that the White House and the administration was colluding. I kind of got out of order here, but let's drop, step back one minute. With the FBI, or the FBI and the White House was colluding with big tech platforms because Jen Psaki told us so. Jen, uh, can you talk a little bit more about this uh, request for tech companies to be more aggressive in policing misinformation? Has the administration been in touch with any of these companies? And are there any actions that the federal government can take to ensure their cooperation? Because we've seen from the start, there's not a lot of action on some of these platforms. Sure. Uh, well, first, we are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms. Uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given, as Dr. Murth- Murthy uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken, or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread... They're flagging posts and sending them to Facebook. And if you don't believe her, how about Zuck? Because he, br- he chimed in on it too on the Joe Rogan experience. Is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like you should be on high alert. There was the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of – um, uh, that's similar to that. They gave them advance warning because they knew the Hunter Biden story was coming out. And so they told them to look out for it, that it was from Russia. And then they got 51 intelligence agents, uh, former intelligence people to lie in a letter. And it was a pretty good, it, this was very coordinated. I mean, you want to talk uh, collusion and uh, stepping on constitutional rights. I mean, that's it right there. And trying to get this page to turn. There we go. Just got to get a little bit further. So on Wednesday, in two days, just two days, two more days, Title 42 is going to expire. That means that we that was a COVID thing put in where we could uh, make people uh, go back to Mexico if they came across and get processed there. And it's going to go away on Wednesday. The Biden administration is not going to continue it. But they don't think there's a problem at the border. They're saying, they're estimating 14,000 people will come across the border beginning Wednesday. They're, they're waiting. They're, they're already there. They're over there on the other side of, of the Rio Grande waiting to come into the United States, waiting for Wednesday when they know they won't be deported so they can just walk right in. Then we have a truly wide open border without that. And they're saying 14,000 people a day. That's five times what we're getting now on average, okay? We're getting four or 5,000 a day. They're gonna say 14 to 16,000 people a day will start coming across beginning Wednesday. People, ladies and gentlemen, we cannot sustain that as a country. We can't process it. We can't afford it. We can't, there's no way we can handle it. You want, there will be a humanitarian crisis like we have never seen. This will make the uh, boat launch from Cuba look like 
look like child's play. That was nothing. And the scary part about this is it's about somewhere around half again of those will be Godaways. So if there's 14,000, there'll be another 7,000 to come across Godaways. That's about the number as it works out. About a third of the, the illegals that come in and every one of them are illegal because they're breaking the law by the very thing they're doing. About a third of them are unaccounted for. They're Godaways. They don't know who they are. They don't know where they came from. They don't know what they're doing here. They could be solid child sex traffickers. They could be terrorists. They could be druggies, drug dealers. We have no idea who these people are, but we do know there's not all of them are good. So if you count the Godaways along with the 14,000 projected, you're looking at 20,000 plus a day streaming into this country. And uh, that's simply not sustainable. We can't do that. And what's Biden doing? Oh, we don't have a border crisis. Look at him. He's, he's got a smile, sunglasses on. He's doing his thing. And then those are all the people by the thousands getting ready to cross the border. They're down there freezing right now because it's cold. They're uh, people, and they sit there and say, oh, the border is secure. The border is secure. Well, how secure is it? They won't talk about it. Check this guy out. This senator is in la-la land. And I'm going to just let you listen for yourself. (laughs) Check this. So it's past time for Title 42 to be gone. The administration has made it clear that while Title 42 is technically lifted, they are ready to put in place uh, a system at the border that keeps things fairer, uh, but also more orderly and more safe. So you expect order and safety? Senator, you expect order and safety at the border on Wednesday? Your own governor, Gavin Newsom, told ABC News that the immigration system will break when Title 42 is lifted. He said your state is not prepared, that sites are already at capacity. So what do you really expect? And and what are the preparations that you... (laughs) Go ahead. Go ahead. So so I'm not suggesting that it's not going to be a challenge. All right. He says that the administration is ready to put in place a system that will work. They're ready. Like by Wednesday, they're going to be ready because I haven't heard a single thing. Where's their plan? They don't have a plan. I haven't seen a plan. Have you seen a plan? Has anybody seen a plan What on what how they're going to handle all these people? Because apparently it's ready to put in place in two days, according to this guy. And even Governor Newsom says, we, we are overloaded. Our facilities are overloaded. We cannot process these people. Ultimately, what the Democrats want is to process every single one of them. Their plan is to spend a ton of money, put in more processing people so they could process these people through faster into the country. They don't want to turn anybody away. They want to bring every single one of them in and turn them into Democrat voters. They want to replace the population of this country. The replacement theory is not a theory. It's a fact. It's happening right now. And they're ignoring it. And they're responsible for hundreds of thousands of deaths because of it. Both of the people trying to come into the country and from the drugs that are coming into this country. that are killing over 100,000 people a year. And these useful idiots just sit there and say this. Simply because people don't see the president at the border doesn't mean that he's not working. Right. Well, why doesn't he go to the border? He was just in Arizona. Why wasn't it worth his time? 
Well, you have to remember, Margaret, when the president travels, Here comes it's not the like you or I jumping on an airplane and getting off and going to our destination. Everything comes to a halt. So all of these things are in consideration. For it's just so difficult when the president travels. You know, there's just so much. He's been in office for two freaking years. And he can't get down to the border to see what's going on. I mean, at least try to make, try to make yourself look good, at least. See, but they don't want all the other news agencies down there. They don't want ABC and NBC and CBS and MSNBC and CNN down there. Fox has people down there. They're reporting on it. That's where a lot of these videos come from. Everybody else is just denying that there's even an issue. But here's what's really happening. This is at a facility down there in El Paso. These, this is just, they have nowhere to sleep. And this is happening all across the border. And more are coming in every day by the thousands. And they're just crammed in there. Look at this. This is what needs to be on the news every single day. This is a this is a crisis beyond measure. This is a humanitarian crisis that is going to be horrible. And these people aren't coming from Mexico. They're coming from Nicaragua. A lot of them from Venezuela because Venezuela turned full commie and destroyed their economy and people are fleeing from there. I'm not saying these people aren't in dire needs, a lot of them. And I'm not saying a lot of them aren't good people. But we have to have border controls and we have to have a process. Actually, we have a process. We have to enforce the process of entering this country legally, of actually immigrating into this country. Not just flooding across the border because that's what's happening right now, right? And it's going to get much worse starting Wednesday. I think over 20,000, if they know that 14,000 are going to be processed, there's going to be another 7,000, six or 7,000 gotaways that they don't even know what's going on. Just, I mean, these just, these are every day. I check these videos. They come new videos every day. It's just a constant stream. A CBP source tells Fox News this Del Rio sector, which includes Eagle Pass, has already seen over 115,000, <clears> excuse me, illegal crossings just since October 1st. Those numbers are up 56% over the same time last year. And last year set the all time record for uh, illegal crossings in this sector. So we're already on track to blow that record out of the water just two and a half months into this new fit. This is not okay. Then we'll take you out to Yuma, Arizona. Take a look at this photo. Uh, Border Patrol agents in the open desert east of Yuma patrolling find two abandoned backpacks on the ground. And in those backpacks, full of meth, 90 pounds of meth worth over $150,000 on the streets, obviously dropped and abandoned by suspected drug smugglers, highlighting the fact that there are illegal immigrants trying to backpack this stuff into our country. Then we'll take you out to the Tucson sector. Take a look at these wild photos. 
Agents pulled over a vehicle near Wilcox, Arizona, after it uh, tried to circumvent a checkpoint on the highway. Inside, they find nine illegal immigrants all piled on top of each other in this little SUV being smuggled. There were two U.S. citizens driving that vehicle. They were both arrested and charged with human smuggling. And then lastly, we'll take you out to the Tucson sector again near Ajo, Arizona, where agents encountered four separate groups totaling nearly 350 people. But what makes these photos interesting is all the people you're seeing here, they were from 12 different countries around the world, nearby Yuma. Got 12 different countries around the world. Uh, I saw a report. There was even some people from China. So they, they know that border is open. They want to come to the U.S. So they go down to Mexico or Central or South America and make the trek up. And then they walk across the border and then they disappear. Most of them don't show up for their court date. I'm going to do a quick follow-up here to close out the show on the uh, the trans, uh, or the not the trans, uh, not the trans thing, but the the drag queen story hours and the drag queen all ages shows that are appropriate. And you know, it's sad. First of all, let's hear from let's hear from our uh, health uh, person there in the administration. Getting enough sleep is essential to ensuring that your body is healthy mentally and physically, and also ensuring that you have a safe and a high quality of life. Well, if getting enough sleep is essential to your mental and physical health, dude, you're not getting enough sleep. You need more sleep, okay? These people are not serious people, and they are people that should not be taken seriously. This is why the world is laughing. This is why Putin was emboldened to invade Ukraine. Because they knew that Biden was weak. I mean, all you have to do is look at this. Now, this video is disturbing. Uh, I put it up on my on my Facebook and on Twitter. And you might want to check it out. This is the drag, all ages drag show. And if uh, it's not edited, so and it does show some of the performance and you can hear some of the, the verb or some of the verbiage that's going on. So uh, if you're sensitive or you got children in the room, you might want to uh, watch us later or uh, have them leave the room or something like that. Put headphones in. I don't know. That's what I got. <laughs> anyway, you might want to, you might want to do that. Um, but the interesting thing are the mothers and the parents that are saying this is okay. And I'm going to play this whole clip. It's two minutes. Um, because I, this is an important issue. I'm, I'm feel very strongly about this. I think it's wrong. I think it's uh, abhorrent actually that we're exposing children to things like this and that we're sexualizing them in the way that these people are. And these people see nothing. One mother, one of these mothers compares it to Disney. No different than Disney. Check it out. Can I ask you a question? Do you find this to be age appropriate for your children? Yeah. I mean, I'm a little more, uh, I'm not as conservative, but I mean, really it's not any think? different than, I mean, Disney and Disney, they, they have similar thing. Like it's really not that far from it. I had sex with my father's boss in my father's office. Very. Honestly, like I'm body positive. Do you find this to be age appropriate for children? Do I find this to be yeah. age appropriate? Yeah. For my child, yeah. Hello, are you reaching for my titties? Are you hungry? Do you mind me asking how old she is? She's 12. 12. Uh-huh. She's, she knows about sex and, I mean, she doesn't see sex. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, she kind of sees simulated sex in the show. Watch this. She goes to school. She sees simulated sex all the time. Really? Like this? You know what I'm saying? It's exposing sex to them too young. Honestly, because there's, there's like, this is a little bit more forward, but there's, there's innuendo. A little bit. Stuff in Disney. I mean, Shrek. I mean, Shrek. Compensating for something. There's a lot of things that they don't necessarily get. I mean, it is sexualized, but like I, it's it's it is what it is. I just think it's the stigma around it that's you know which they don't care. I've raised them not to care. The stigma around what? Raise them around, not to care. Um, you know, different sexualities. That says it all. You know, it's just that's not any different than you know straight people. You don't worry that this is like ruining her innocence or anything. No, she needs to know what's appropriate and know when to say no consent and what's appropriate and what's not. And how will she know that if she doesn't see it in a safe way? So this show will show her what's appropriate and what's not. You think? No, not this show. But we will teach her. Not this show. <laughs> She'll be fine. She needs to learn, you know, what's appropriate and when to say no and, and what consent is. Well, is she going to learn this from the show? Not this show. No, but what, what are these people thinking? And look, I got nothing against drag in general. And this is where people get confused. And this, this animation explains it really well. It's a good meme. Why don't you want kids to see drag queens? The response, don't ask yourself why children need to see drag queens. Ask yourself why drag queens want an audience of children. On that note, thanks for watching. This has been The Nun Report. And you can, uh, if you just listen on the radio, renegaderadio.com. And that's renegade with an A, misspelled purposely. Make sure to uh, check me out on rumble.com slash the nun report. You can see the videos and things that I use today, along with the, the receipts and just different information. I'm on all the socials at the nun report, except TikTok, because I don't do that commie crap. Or you can just go to my website, thenunreport.com, and link into everything right there. Anyway, hey, thanks again for watching. And as always, until next time, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cheers. <laughs>